you know, and I'm not a small person. Uh, I'm not afraid of conflict. You could have taken her, huh? You could have walked her right <laughs> now. What, what would be your first move as somebody who does practice jujitsu? I'd extend, I'd extend the hand, I'd grab the elbow, I'd go for the arm drag, and right away to, you know, the rear naked chest. So. <laughs> Bob, how are you guys? Hey. Fantastic, Mr. Fabi. We're doing well. How are you? I'm gonna scoot over. I'm good. You even got it right on the first shot. That's good. <laughs> what do people say? What do people say? Oh, fabe, fabe. All sorts of things. And then I usually say something like, "Did you just call me French?" Uh, you know, <laughs> sounds more fancy. Yeah. Is the uh, is the lighting bad? Um, I kind of. There's not much I can do about it. The no. fan in the background is kind of freaking me out, but that's okay. No. You're, you're good. Dizzy. <laughs> My alien abductors are back, apparently. So I'm... no, you're good. We don't we don't put the video out. The video is more just for us having a good conversation. It makes it better. Um, yeah, I love being able to see things versus just talking at the uh, at the computer. So grateful. Man, so we're recording from the beginning, and I just don't want to catch you off guard. We've had people get in trouble before. <laughs> They're like, could you delete the first two thirds of the podcast? <laughs> I don't think there's anything uh, that I'm too worried about. <laughs> you okay. do have white Jesus smoking on the cover of your book. I do. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. Doesn't worry me. Yeah. What about when you say or when you quote Jesus as saying, hashtag your dead grandma doesn't matter? Yeah. Can you believe I did that? Man. Yeah, you want me to jump in on that, or where are you guys at? With yeah, <laughs> sure. You can, you can imagine I've had a few swings at me, so I'm, I'm good. Wait, a timeout though. Yeah, uh, what kind of beer is that? Because I have a I have a commitment after this, so I determined not to have any uh, beverage while I was with you guys. But, but you can live through us. <laughs> I'm trying vicariously. That looks nice. What, is uh, what do you guys have? Oh my gosh, it's a. Uh, from Figueroa Mountain Brewing Company. It's an LA brewery. Okay. Um, it's one of oh, their newish IPAs. I can't remember the name. Days. Yeah, it's a little lighter than I thought at first. I'm a, I'm a huge uh, Scots Scotch ale uh, nice. support. So yeah, I stay away from the IPAs. Just I yeah. Do it. You look like Too a Scotch hot. ale guy. <laughs> Polish and Scots Irish. Maybe that's go. what it is. Yes. Yeah. What's your favorite? Do you have a, a brand? Yeah, so originally I'm from Montana, and um, and there's a beer up there called Cold Smoke, and um, you can only get it up there. It's kind of a you know clicky regional thing maybe, but man, it is uh, delicious. Yeah, love it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, so um, yeah, White Jesus on the cover or Dead Grandma? Where do you want me to jump in? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, you're an Anglican priest? Yep. What makes one an Anglican as opposed to any other thing? Sure. Uh, fair question. So um, first and foremost, I identify as a Christian. Uh, and I think you can qualify, qualify that by saying Christ follower or any of the number of ways in which we try to discern 
uh, or at least communicate what it means to be uh, a follower of Christ. I always wonder when somebody tells me they're a Christian, I'm like, well, um, what does that actually mean? Um, half for half the people, it means they're a theist. Uh, that's great. Um, you, you know, you just don't always know. And so, right. um, so, uh, Anglicanism is, uh, from the church of England born out of the 1500s, out of the reformation in the United States. Um, it has previously been known, uh, almost exclusively as the Episcopal church. Uh, but then in 2005, there was a crisis and, um, people have identified differently. So some have said, well, I'm Episcopalian or some have said I'm an Anglican and, and, um, it's, uh, it's been a, um, a dicey walk uh, for people to identify, uh, in, in some of those things, just because everybody's been so keen on labeling people as that's, uh, as that's gone on. So I think first and foremost, Anglican for me, uh, means, um, Christocentric, um, and, and, you know, kind of squarely on the scriptures, mm-hmm. uh, and, um, and, uh, you know, every reformational church has had its confessional documents. So, you know, you have the Augsburg confessions coming out of Germany, you have the Westminster catechism coming out of Scotland, you have all those things. Well, you have the 39 articles in England. Um, and those have been ways in which people have identified as Anglican. Uh, I was an evangelical pastor for 10 years with, uh, the Christian and missionary Alliance, uh, or the CNMA and, um, and then kind of, you know, God kind of, uh, revealed Anglicanism to me as a way forward, which I was really grateful for. So, yeah. How does that happen? Where the reveal? Part? Oh my gosh. So tons of pain. Um, we, good. we had, seen, I mean, good for the show. <laughs> wait a minute. I've listened to your other podcasts. Now I know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've revealed yourself. Uh, now I, I honestly, um, I would, I would read something maybe by CS Lewis or, or some other thinker. Uh, and, and I would, I would look at what the church practiced or how the church functioned and how I was leading it. And I would say, man, this doesn't feel like what they're describing, or I'm not seeing what I think I should be seeing if what they're describing is something, you know, that I was a part of. And so I just really started asking a lot of hard questions. And we were part of a a community that um, we moved from Montana to Arizona, which is where we are now. Um, And within about nine months, um, the decision was made. It is a really long story, but the decision was made to close the church. And I had just moved my wife and children down here in a, in a pretty large uh, shift. And honestly, I, I kept thinking like, okay, God, I believe you called me to do this thing. I think that you uh, want me here for some reason. I'm not sure what that is, but I can't keep doing this thing. And I became increasingly convinced that the reason that we're gathered is to actually meet with Jesus. Um, it wasn't to hear a great sermon, um, even though I'm a, like a great preacher. You look it coming. Never, keep it coming. <laughs> I, never give, I never give terrible sermons. Nobody's ever fallen asleep when I spoke. I don't know what that. <laughs> but but that 
but that you know it was primarily that we should be encountering Christ and and I realized in in the tradition that I was a part of you know there's really two places either um you could encounter him during the music or you can encounter him during the sermon and I would watch people you know not show up for the music come for the sermon leave or they'd say the music was really great sermon meh and and I thought this doesn't make sense to me. And when I encountered an, a liturgical way of kind of entering into Christ's presence, there were seven, six or seven places where there's really intentional uh, focus built in in order to have people kind of do business with with Jesus. Um, and and so that felt much more aligned with what I was thinking. Right. And um, and so I, I, you know, we had. You know, it was a pretty painful transition. We uh, kind of waited around. There was some change in the leadership at the district that we were part of. There was a lot of tumultuous things happening. And at the end of the day, <laughs> this, is, this is the irony, um, I, I presided over the funeral of this church that had been around for 25 years. It was sad. Um, it was, you know, it was really sad. And um, I wound up selling the building to a bunch of Anglicans. And, uh, and then through a series of events, I wound up coming on staff at that Anglican church. That's the reveal part. And that's the reveal part. <laughs> now you know my ugliness. I just love the building so much, I decided to stay. <laughs> it had good bones. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> but but it, it really was like, um, these people know Jesus in a way that I don't. Uh, and that really wow. bothered me because I thought that we had Jesus, the market kind of cornered on Jesus. Um, and so I really wanted to press in on what that meant. I, I thought, man, I, I need to find out more about this. And the more that I pressed in, the more I thought, I think I've found my people. Um, and, and, and that was, that was incredibly, uh, cathartic because it was kind of like, there's room here to question. There's mystery here. There's beauty here. Um, and, uh, those were some of the things that I had been missing. So I was really grateful for that. So, uh, I know your book not, is not my Jesus. So right. I have a question for you. Yeah. Did you have a Jesus you believed in at that absolutely. crossroads? What was yeah, it? Absolutely. So I think the best way to put it maybe would be, would be the type of Jesus that you could market brand and sell. Um, I think that I, I was increasingly uncomfortable with the way the gospel was presented. Um, you, you know, the gospel, the good news being that Jesus died for your sins. Um, and I think now I believe, well, that's part of the gospel, but that's certainly not all of the gospel. Um, and what I had seen that thing produce then was, you know, just believe the right thing, um, pray and study your Bible and you know, you can, you know, what is it? What's the saying now? You can live your best life or something like yeah. that, you know? And, 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 and it was like, man, I'm not seeing that bear fruit in the way that I would, I would expect the scriptures kind of reveal that, you know, where you see transformation. Um, and, and so it, it was one of those things where it's like, well, if you put it the right way, then people will buy it. Or if you, you, you know, if your sermon series is cool enough, or if it's this kind of thing. And so, um, I, I think that would be my version of Jesus. Um, as shameful as I feel when I say that, I mean, I, 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 I reflect back on that and I think, man, I, I don't want to limit the gospel, uh, at all that way. Uh, but I, 
I, I really think I was I was drinking the Kool Aid at that point. I was just talking to somebody. Um, well, actually, I was just talking to myself about this, and then somebody <laughs> brought it up, and uh, it brought to mind the idea of the prosperity gospel, or um, or its cousins, or let's just say generally prosperity gospel. Most mm-hmm. Christians would say, nah. At least most Christians I know would say, yeah, that's probably not a good thing. Right. But what we say or the way we talk to God or you know the way we voice concerns about what God is doing can kind of reveal our own versions of prosperity gospel. It's it's a that's... sneaky thing. It's not always like on the nose, Creflo dollar style, you know, allegedly right. or whatever. You, any there's a million names, but uh, he came up on the last one, I think. <laughs> But uh, it, it it's subtle, and we all fall. Well, I, I'd say I fall victim to it without even trying. Sometimes, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I you know, if you've uh, if you're familiar with Bonhoeffer, yeah, a uh, bit. I, I think about the um, I fall victim to cheap grace um, and, instead of costly grace. And so I, I want to, you know, I I want to somehow think that my sin is not as bad as Jesus does. So I don't agree with him about that. I think, yeah, my sin, ah, it's, you know, it's understandable. I could justify it. I could do something like that. And so I somehow make his sacrifice of his life, uh, death, resurrection, uh, less than because really, you know, my sin, my sin isn't that bad, you know, or, or, or that I somehow, I'm a good guy, you know, and I kind of deserve. What's cost, you know. what's costly grace? What I think. That? You know, I want to be really careful because I don't want to um, say something about Bonhoeffer that isn't true. Um, so the way that I think about that, and this is based on my reading of that, so yeah, <laughs> sure. I'm qualifying all of my statements, but I, I think it's the understanding and I think it's the understanding that that um, it's the kind of grace that you have to actually give up everything to receive. Um, and that it's not something that you can just say, oh gosh, uh, I'm so grateful for God's grace and then kind of move on. But more like, well, if you, if you receive that grace, then that's actually going to cost you deeply. Uh, and it looks like, you know, kind of discipleship and and some of those things. Or it has to cost you deeply. And if it's not, then there's a problem with your faith kind of a thing. Well, I think I think it's I, it could be, and I, and again, I man, I I, wrote, I don't want to mischaracterize Bonhoeffer, but the way again I think about it is that that you know there is an exchange that takes place, um, and I think that it has to do with transformation, where where I am so allowing the love of God to wash over me and wash over me and wash over me, um, that then I am transformed, uh, and not I am transforming because. It's more like I can't help it. So my behavior and my attitudes change because I'm caught up in this amazing waterfall of mercy and grace. Uh, but that that submitting costs me something, and I obviously it costs Christ uh, enormously. Um, and and so I think when we cheapen that, we we wind up saying, well, you know, it's, I'm a pretty good guy, you know. It's okay. As far as we know. As far as we know. Yeah. Well, and it cost, uh, it cost Bonhoeffer, too. And I, For real. Um, so he he was a professor in, in Europe, and then uh, the, the, the Holocaust happened, so he You're started... not telling us. It's for the audience, obviously. <laughs> sure. We, we sure. know. <laughs> Go on. Um, 
Uh, <laughs> so then he he uh, he he sneaks G- uh, Jews out of uh, uh, Nazi hell territory. And then he's offered a position to teach in America, and then he he turns it down. And instead, he joins a plot to assassinate Hitler, uh, and then he gets captured and then killed by the Nazis. Mm. But he's he's doing this. I mean, kind of that, like, I can't leave, I can't abandon these people, I believe, is, is, how, the, is how it goes. Yeah. He, can't, he, he, he took seriously, I mean, it, so he wrote Life Together as well, which, you know, was kind of the discipleship piece of that, but that, that it was like, you have to take seriously what's happening there, and he can't uh, excuse himself from it just because he has an opportunity. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, a huge admirer of that kind of character. That's pretty impressive. Regarding the back to the costly grace with Jesus, yeah. is that something that you feel that people need to recognize, like grace that's given or given to me, or you, that uh, I'm kind of lost in thought here? You're just the idea of, <clears throat> um, yeah, thanks, thank you for the grace, and. Yeah. And sometimes we just go on about our day or days right. or weeks. Like saying grace before a meal. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Bless the fruit of my body. All right. Need. Amen. Hey, pass yeah. the chips. Rub a dub dub. Right. The, yeah. Yeah. yeah I t- so, so I think Christians, and I will speak as one, notoriously so, pastors are, are horrendous at receiving grace. Um, I think that. Because you have to be um, stronger, just deflect it away. You, I, I think what happens is is that we buy into the idea that that we really are somebody that we're not, and and so when people want to look at us and say, "Oh, Pastor so and so, you're, you know, super spiritual because X, Y, or Z," um, you know, I've, I've never fallen asleep in one of your sermons, um, or yeah. you know, whatever the thing may be. We'll get you know, there. It, <laughs> right. And so, so I think what happens is, is that when we actually stop and think about grace, um, it, it's, uh, it really is incredibly difficult. If you, if you have any sense of, of, um, desire to, to earn, um, respect, earn uh, a right to do something or earn, or just really earn anything. I mean, you know, I, I, they call it the Protestant work ethic. Uh, I don't know that that's fair to say, but I think especially in the West, we're pretty independent. We like to do our own thing. We like to kind of make our way. Um, and the thought of somebody doing something for us that is completely outside of our character, uh, but has everything to do with theirs, that's really difficult to not put amendments on that. And I think that's part of the thing for me is that you know, I will subtly think in my mind, well, you know, I am a pretty good guy. <laughs> I, will, I will, I will talk myself into that, you know, where it's like if somebody handed me a million dollars, I'll be like, yeah, that's pretty cool. All those times I helped all those people come back around, you know, and it's more like karma or some weird thing than it is this ridiculous, lavish, um, outlook that God has for his people. I, and I, and again, I think part of it for me personally is that I just don't get it. I, I, I can't fathom, I, I cannot fathom somebody having that orientation towards me. Um, it just, and I have the degrees. I mean, I know the language, I get all the stuff and I just go like, yeah, but why me, man? Whoa. 
I'm so grateful, you know? Um, and then the, the kicker is, and this is, and, and as a matter of fact, so I, I just, uh, did a, a podcast on this this morning. I talked about mercy and, and what's a proper response to mercy. And I think they're two, uh, two sides of the same coin, right? Where, where on one side you have grace on the other side, you have mercy and that, and that it's so hard to receive because, because one, I, I probably don't think I deserve it. And so I want to earn it. And if I can do that, then I'm good. Um, I think there's probably some, some shame and guilt kind of like, man, if you really knew me, you would never you know, mm-hmm. you would never do this. And I, you know, there's been times where I've wondered out loud. I'm like, man, I just don't think God knows me. Cause he, he wouldn't be that good to me, uh, if he did. So it's know? an identity thing. It can be, I think. Um, I, I think it can be an identity thing. I think it's a practice too, though, where, where I, I think about my willingness to have grace for somebody. My willingness to have mercy is predicated upon my ability to receive that from God. So when I recognize that I am not receiving, when I'm not a good recipient of that, when I don't actually consider it and I don't spend time trying to marinate in that, I recognize that I'm a lot less gracious towards people. Um, and if it's true, uh, and I, I believe it is, is that, that I'm to be a conduit for those things, not a pool, not a reservoir, but to actually share them because I can't help it, not because it's a duty, um, then I need to work more at being a good recipient. Yeah. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Man, uh, I kind of want to press in a little bit. It's, do you, have you ever had, I'm sure you've had moments, I've had moments where it's like I, I have a total understanding of, of just the incomprehensible love of God. I just contradicted myself and said I understood the incomprehensible, (laughs) but you get the point where you almost grasp it and it's like, it's in your life, it's filtering through, and it can't help but affect the way you see people and treat people. Um, I'm sure you've tasted that. I know that's not always there, but and I, I have friends that would always remind themselves, though, they'd have to go back to reminding themselves how shitty they were. Mm. Just, um, almost like they feel guilty for being in the flow of that, that supreme grace. Do you, do you find you do that where you'll kind of go fall back on how bad you are just to kind of like keep yourself in check? And if so, is that, is that good or bad? Um, well, I wouldn't want to place qualifications on it simply because dang it, I don't know. <laughs> Are you guys just wanting me to say stuff? No, no. That sucks. That's the worst <laughs> thing I've ever heard in my life. No. We'll, we'll edit it out if you do. <laughs> no, no. But I. So, so how how somebody um, kind of uh, maybe reintroduces themselves to the grace of God? Um, if that's what they're doing, uh, then I want to say Amen. I want I, you know. So I don't know whether it's good or bad in that sense. Mm. But I, I, the way that I think about it is is. I go, am, am I allowing God to love me the way that he wants to love me right now? Um, and if the answer is no, then what I do is I just try to say, uh, Lord, help me to see how much you love me. 
help, help me to experience uh, the fact that you love me. And then I ask for, you know, this, I'm a pretty practical guy, right? So, so I'll practice it. I'll just say, man, thanks. Thanks God for, for, um, for loving me enough to put my wife in, in, in my life. And, and I'll think about that and I'll give it some consideration. And I think maybe that's part of the challenge for Christians is that we don't spend time kind of uh, marinating in that, considering it, letting it wash over us, you know, wondering about God's grace and mercy that way. We, we, you know, it's, 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 it's grace before the meal and then we're good. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah. and then, and then we're kind of taught that that's the, that's the, that's the actual journey. Um, and that really, I, I just don't buy it. Hmm. Can we go back briefly? We we want to get to the book. I know the guys are chomping at the butt. The the butt. We'll edit that out. We'll edit that out. Chomping at the butt. <laughs> are you Canadian? <laughs> Is Canadian? I know. Right just... I am now. <laughs> this beer is making me Canadian. Pass the hockey stick. <laughs> uh, chomping at the bit to get to some of the juicy tweets that Jesus tweeted. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. But yeah. going back to the, to you identifying with the Anglican Church and becoming an yep. Anglican priest, you mentioned, mm-hmm. and you kind of touched on it a little bit generally, on things they did that you that you really resonated with. Yep. What specifically does, like, let's just say general mainstream Christianity in America miss that the Anglic- Anglicans kind of uh, pinpoint better, in your uh, opinion? Obviously, it's opinion, and you're not bagging sure. on anybody. Caveat's over. Right. Thank you. No, um, hammer them. Hit okay. them. I think they suck. <laughs> no. um, I say they, and I mean we, uh, because I refuse to say that um, those who are not a part of my Anglican tradition aren't part of the body of Christ. I don't, right. I don't make so. So it's a we thing. But I think that my brothers and sisters who are in that tradition don't necessarily connect with the ancient church. Um, so there's not a sense of there being... 2,000 years of church history, 2,000 years of theology, 2,000 years to draw upon. Um, I think there's a pragmatism that has taken over much of North American Christianity um, that is um, resisted in a, in a, in a liturgical uh, context. So, so one, I think it's, it's the historical grounding uh, in, in that. But then two, I think there's the liturgy is... Um, a beautiful moving piece about how I interact with Christ, not just on Sundays, but also uh, other days of the week. So it gives me a way forward um, that I'm really grateful for that takes me beyond just a one hour on Sunday morning. And then, you know, uh, there's a guy named Robert Weber who wrote extensively. I think there's a, there's the book, one of the books that really helped me was called Evangelicals on the Canterbury Trail. Um, I highly suggest that as a, as a read, uh, for anybody who's curious. Um, and he talked about beauty, uh, and mystery. And for me, those were big because I, you know, I was just kind of staring at pragmatism and, and having a sense that that's not a part of what I see in the scriptures, um, as, as revealed in how the disciples were trying to figure out Jesus and ask him lots of questions, mm-hmm. you know, like, wait a minute, how does this thing work? And yeah. instead of having kind of all the answers and stuff. So is that a fair answer? We that did? is a beautiful answer. 
I said beautiful. I know they call. Yeah. I say beautiful a lot. I'm just not supposed to. But. Well, I was I wanted to hear somebody say mysterious, but they. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have I have a couple of questions. Do you yeah, think yeah. Do you think some people believe Jesus is a bully? Like their Jesus, he, he's a bully. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think you mean do do some people say that Jesus was a bully to other people? Absolutely, they think that. Um, Why do you think they would draw those conclusions? I, I heard a I heard a sermon given by um, the former uh, head of the Episcopal Church, Scorts. Uh, uh, I forget her name. Um, she was going after Paul and the apostles for having. I'd love to see that in real time. Like I'm literally. <laughs> <she's> like, ah! <laughs> so so she was saying this was her hermeneutic uh, around this. She said. When they cast out the demon of the girl who was prophesying, um, they were doing a wrong thing because that was her way of making money. Oh, so this and is an axe, right? Uh, so this is an axe. So so when when they when they went up and the, and this gal was making money by prophesying, they took away her ability to um, to somehow um, have an income in life, and and somehow they robbed mm-hmm. her because she was no longer demon possessed. Um, and so I believe that there are a variety of ways that people look at the scriptures. I, I believe that when Jesus called a woman a dog, that's a pretty tough thing to swallow. Um, and that there are people out there who really look at that and they go, man, that, that's not okay. <laughs> you brood of vipers. <laughs> brood of vipers. Yeah. Depends on what kind of dog. I mean, a golden retriever is nice. A lab. <laughs> a, re- a rescue. Nope, it's corgis, right? <laughs> Well, anything smaller than like two feet tall, I'm like, that's not a dog. That's a large rat. But so yes. was Jesus being a bully in those circumstances, according no. to Bob? No. Not Why perhaps. not? I, I believe he was trying to help people to see where they were at, locate them within their need for him, uh, and to actually try to free them um, from from some of the things that they were enslaved to. Um you know, there's nothing like being called a hypocrite to help you see that you're a hypocrite. Um, and I, and so I don't think that he was going around for no purpose and just laying waste to people. I think he was trying to say this kind of behavior is not fitting for the kingdom. Um, and, and I think that's what he was doing. I think a bully would be doing that so that they, you know, it's for their own ego or something like that. Uh, I get just mentioning hypocrite, just, reminds me of my own flaws of pointing out some, you know, you shouldn't do that to that person and you shouldn't speak that way. And then I find myself a week later speaking that way. And I'm like, well, no, it's okay for me. Right. uh, Okay. So I found an article. Um, So this is Catherine Jeffert Scorey. That's the one. That's the one. So she says, um, These are top-notch researchers. <laughs> Google in about yeah thirty seconds. Um, uh, but as but as Bishop Jeffert Scorey interpreted the passage, Paul was guilty of failing to value diversity to see the slave girl's beautiful difference. So he he cast out a demon from her, and that's what yeah yeah. And that was time. That's Time Magazine. <laughs> this is actually the New York Times. Yeah. Oh, I nailed it. 
<laughs> same same difference. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> Is it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that was one of the things that I had heard early on that I I um I man I was that that interpretation um I have a hard time validating on any level. Yeah, um, and and I. I I, I just had a hunch that um, I would find it because anytime there's a Christian leader, uh, secular media wants to jump all over any sort of uh, identification with uh, progressivism and this postmodern ideology. They just they they love posting stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That story, man. Let's talk about that story for a minute in the in the Bible. Is that the one where she followed them around for yeah. three days, and she? It's almost like they were tolerating her because she's almost propping them up. She's their hype girl for a while, <laughs> hype woman. This this is how I. It's funny. I didn't read it like like. Um, uh, I'm sorry, Scory, Scory. I was just, it tickled me the first time I like, I really focused on that. It's like Paul, I just imagine Paul, this woman following them around and Paul's like, this, this is good. And it moves to, she's still going and it moves to, okay, that's enough. And then he casts the demon out. He tolerates the, if, if it was like a literal demon, he's tolerating it for a few days before he gets fed up and casts it out. And for some reason, I don't know if it's dark humor or what, but that, that amused me a little bit. Yeah. Well, and it could be that it wasn't an uncommon occurrence. Maybe. And 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 it could be that that, that was something that they put up with on occasion. I've, I've been overseas um, in other places where, where there are witch doctors and they do curse you. Um, and so it wouldn't surprise me if that wasn't, if that wasn't a one-off, um, mm. you know, it was just something that they dealt with. And he just was like, okay, <laughs> enough. <laughs> <laughs> My, my Sorry. patience has grown thin. <laughs> I'm just thinking of yeah. grace, grace, grace. I give grace. I give grace. Not anymore. No more grace. <laughs> You're out of here. Well, uh, and you know, I just I, I don't know if you guys uh, where you stand with um, possession and and demonic presence uh, that kind of thing. And I'm certainly not a um, you know uh, Peretti. Uh, this present darkness. Right. Uh, he wrote a book years ago. You know, so I don't I don't believe that there is. Um, demonic things behind every little thing or anything like that. But I have seen, um, evil and I, and I have seen people who are filled with it. Mm. Um, and so I don't, I, I, um, I take that really seriously, but just because when you see not, not somebody who's, you know, they're maybe they've got, um, some psychological issues or other things like that, but you're staring in the face of something that is something else is going on there. Um, that's pretty intense. Um, and so, you know, I would imagine, uh, what we see in the scriptures is that that level of intensity happening all the time. Um, I think, I think we're so far removed from it. You know, we've, we've, we've put so many barriers in our way between actually engaging with the spiritual world that, that it's, 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 it's hard, you know, we're numb to, to so much of that. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of like, eh, but when those things are stripped away and you're kind of looking at it, um, it's it's a it's pretty intense. Um, so yeah, I I can see I can see Paul kind of being like, okay, we're done, you know. And, <laughs> but I, you know, again, I, I not to be flip about that kind of thing. Um, no, but, it wasn't you. It was yeah. me being flip. Yeah, you know, no, you, you know what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, it, it's, yeah. it's a pretty real deal for for some. So, so Bob, can you share a story of a demonic experience? Yes. 
Um, yeah, I worked, uh, I worked retail shortly after I gave my life to Christ. Um, and, um, and was just learning about the role that the Holy Spirit plays in my life in terms of me surrendering and listening and, and paying attention. And, uh, I was in the store one day and, um, I had just been, uh, it was, it, I was new to my faith, uh, but I was, you know, I was just kind of praying through my day and I was really grateful and, and kind of learning, uh, that process. And, uh, and this gal walked in and, um, she, she seemed, um, a miss and I don't know another way to put it. She, she, she was disturbed in her person, but not like, you know, she wasn't disheveled or anything like that, but there was something going on. And when she walked in, my hair just went, I don't have any hair, but you know, the hackles went up and I was just like, what's going on? And I, and I looked at her and honestly, you know how they say that people who, um, have been in war have a thousand yards there. She looked right through me. And I kind of locked eyes with her and I got the biggest chill I've ever had in my life. And I got really clear, really fast. It was like, Hey, uh, something else is happening here. Um, and she started talking to me, but I didn't hear her words. Yeah. Super strange, man. It was super strange. Um, (laughs) Freaking out, man. (laughs) Right. I was, I really was, I, it was pretty intense for a young Christian, uh, I, you know, it was like, whoa. And even now today, I, I still would find that pretty intense. But anyway, she, she was staring at me. She was talking, but we were having a different conversation. Yeah. Like, just like I'm staring at her and she, and it was like, I know who you are and you mm-hmm. know who I am. Um, and, and I quickly was like, Hey, uh, it's not who I am. It's, it's who lives in me. Um, and, and it was just that kind of thing, but there was a really palpable sense of, um, otherness uh, right. on one level but then also kind of this you know not that she was an evil person but there was evil present and after she left uh i think i remember uh, some of my coworkers commenting like oh she was a little weird or whatever and i literally <laughs> i had i literally had tremors um you know and i'm not a small person uh, I'm not afraid of conflict. You could have taken her, huh? You could have walked her right. <laughs> <laughs> what, what would be your first move as somebody who does practice <laughs> jujitsu? I'd extend, I'd extend the hand, I grab the elbow, I go for the arm drag, and right away to you know rear naked choke. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, that I mean, but there have been other instances. I, I, you know, overseas, I've had experiences with that. I had a personal demonic experience when I was um, a teenager. Um, so it's, you know, for me, I don't see it as being, oh, it's demons all the time. But I also say, well, that stuff's pretty intense. Um, when it's real, it's, it's incredibly real. I'm amazed by the, the sense that we have in the Holy Spirit just recognizes quickly. Right. right. Um, just as it's not demonic, it's actually the flip side where you sense the Holy Spirit from someone else. As I was in just wandering through the halls of the wall, the halls of Costco. Um, and this, I kept seeing the same woman. And then I went to the other side of the store. I came back to another spot and there she was again. And then I saw her again and I'm like, man, like I sense something here. And then I just let it go. And I went about my day, went to church the next day and who's serving me communion. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that God, that's, they allow okay. evil people right. to serve communion. <laughs> Jeff does it sometimes. <laughs> we'll, edit, we'll edit your okay. stupidity out, Scott. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm like, 
I got no reason to not believe you, and I'm and I, like I believe you, and I yeah. got I have enough people that I know that have told me similar stories that I believe, and I I still just really just being honest, I really struggle with. I'm I guess I'm the doubting Thomas of this podcast, and it, it depends just on who's, like, who it depends on who we're talking to, right? right. That's true. Can I just say that Thomas got a bad rap? I just I just want to say that. Thank he you. Only asked I mean, for yeah, thing that everybody else got. Right. <laughs> Wait, you guys were here. Well, let me <laughs> let me see your side. And now everybody's like doubting Thomas. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thousand years. Just showing up late again. Uh, <laughs> that's right. That's yeah. so funny. Yeah, I I just no conclusion. Just a thought. Like I I still even believing you. There's still like that thing in my mind. It's like yeah, but is it? Like, is it just the way we are interpreting the data we're receiving or is it something bigger? And I, I got to, I still, I don't think I'll ever let go that there's, there's something else going on. There's something more. Um, but the other side of my brain has lots of stories of people that see the devil and everything. And I'm just like copious eye rolling, like, Oh yeah, you're under attack now because you got your parking ticket or whatever. Yeah, can I? Oh, so when people attribute the work of Satan to them getting a parking ticket because they parked in the wrong place? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But, well, if there was evil activity, it was you parking in the handicapped spot. I don't want to hear about. It, you know. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm really clear about that too. I I um I tend to wear a skeptic's hat. Uh, so one of the things you found you had space for in the community you're part of now. Well, I, and actually, um, you know, my first experience was, um, outside of any community at all. Um, and that was terrifying, uh, frankly. And, um, I just knew that it, that that thing was real. I still didn't give my life to Christ. (laughs) I led my own life for quite a while. thought I'd keep trying it out. Uh, you know, but then the subsequent, um, moments with those kinds of things weren't a part of the Anglican world. Um, so yeah, but the Anglican Church, uh, in certain places, does have practices for uh, exorcism and things like that. So they embrace. There's, there, you know, Anglo Catholics will go along that route. So, mm. and I've seen a couple of stories or headlines about exorcisms on the rise. Um, I don't, I don't know what that's attributed to, or if it's just because of the... Extra, more exorcisms, that's why. It's probably, yeah. The number of exorcisms is directly correlated to the amount of re- exorcisms. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know if it's just uh, the reporting of it or if they're actually on the rise, but uh, it's it's interesting that, uh, um, that it gets reported in the news at all. It's just kind of yeah. weird. Yeah. Sensational, you know? It's yeah. sensational. Yeah. It reported, right? If it bleeds, it leads. Yeah. So you said a couple times. Now, I want you to push back at me. I'm going to propose something. Sure. Because um, Scott and I get into this stuff all the time. And we, we don't need to do a debate right now, but um, oh, yeah. you, you push me back and say if you disagree and why. Yeah. You said a couple times, gave my life to Christ. Yeah. I, there was a time where I was kind of more reformed and I would, I would say, no, Christ... Christ found you, or I would flip that idea. Right, right. And now I'm kind of exploring the idea. What would you say? What if I told you that you you (laughs) discovered what was already true about you, Uh as opposed to you gave your life to Christ? Does Uh that 
Because for Scott, that probably triggers lots of alarm bells. I'm getting heated. <laughs> Check my pulse. What do you think? What do you think about that? I know it's, yeah. it sounds more I, universal in nature, but I'm super comfortable with either way. Okay. Um, the way that I look at it is that I am his and he is mine. Um, and and if you want to parse that out in terms of free will, predestination, chosen, elected, all those kinds of things, those are roads that. Um, you know, I studied in seminary. I, I um, have met uh, and grappled with my share of hyper-Calvinists and mm-hmm. or, um, you know, kind of uh, rampant free will uh, folks. And at the end of the day, I look at it like um, an identity issue. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I'm not going to argue about how I got into the family. Yeah. I'm going to say thanks. Yeah. yeah. Now, you, Zach, you may have maybe thrown in a What's that thing that confuses people? What's the word that confuses people? I don't know. A curveball? Yes. Or a screwball? I like how you just did the arm motion for a curveball. You've pitched Um, before. An oofus? An oofus pitch? doesn't have enough time. Yeah, anyway. um, (laughs) With with, with, when you said the reformed. Yeah. But I I think... think I'm I'm looking at a third way. (laughs) It was was always true about you. You you discovered what was true about you, and it was always true about you. Yeah, so I I think that's where the the difference would be between any sort of Calvinistic Reformed theology. Does that change anything for you? And what? But I think what Zach, what I, um, (laughs) I I think what Zach is answered. I think what Zach is saying though is that what what is when he when Zach says I'm going to speak for Zach, or I guess I should ask a question, Zach. When you say when you say was always true, you mean that when Christ died on the cross, he died for the forgiveness of sins for everybody of all time before they ever believed or had faith or anything like that. Do I get to answer and then we just, we move on because we don't have time? Well, I would, I would, Unless uh, Bob I, wants to tell Well, because I, I would, I, I, I do want to hear what Bob's okay. perspective I would of, rather hear what Bob has to say. Yeah. So I just, just, <laughs> I but I just, the previous podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so this, is this is actually pretty <laughs> tame compared right, to no, the no, other no, ones. <laughs> it's usually after we tease. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. Go let Bob. Me, let me say this. Um, so when I was in seminary and I was asking these questions, um, you know, uh, the Greek word panta means all. And so when it said that Christ died for all, um, I can't do any linguistic gymnastics around that. Mm. I just can't. So I just go like, well, do I get it? No. Um, but I, I also say, um, in terms of me experiencing the love of God, and the, in terms of me sharing the love of God with those around me, it doesn't matter to me. Mm. Um, and so again, I would go back to saying, look, I can't figure out. And and I, you know, um, the parsing of it, I see as important to a degree. However, you know, I think about Augustine saying, I believe in order to know, um, I'm there, man. I, I don't understand why I believe a lot of the things I believe. I don't, I don't try to kind of cognitively get those things. I just go, man, I believe it. I mean, if you, you know, the, the authority of the scriptures, I mean, I can tell you all the reasons that the new Testament has been canonized and makes sense and blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, if I don't believe them, it doesn't matter. Hmm. If I don't believe they're authoritative, it doesn't matter. So, so I press into that and I say, you know what, God, I'm grateful that you love me. I'm so grateful. Mm -hmm. And I'm grateful that you have done what you have done on my behalf. Um, and, and, and I pray 
and I pray and I pray that my life is a is a worthy reflection of that. Okay, Scott, let's get a not my Jesus uh, tweet. Yeah, uh, I was let's just, go. Wait, wait, how much time do you have? Um, I probably I probably got another fifteen twenty minutes. Okay, quick, Scott, quick. Oh man. <laughs> I'm sorry, you guys. I apologize. No, this is this is great. I love that okay. it, it went to places. No, I just that... like pushing Scott around. Yeah. That's all. Exactly. <laughs> he does. <clears throat> all right. Yeah. So going on that, we'll go with um, what page are you on? Um, we this is page twenty one. Okay. So let's just go with uh, tweet number two, and uh, uh, you say this is what Jesus would tweet: If you call people bad names, you are going to hell. Hashtag. You are a total moron, right. and then you and then you quote Matthew five twenty one, um, right. which ends with um, anyone who says to a brother or sister Raka is answerable to the court, and anyone who says you fool it will be in danger of the fire of hell. Right. I think it fits with the question with the subject we were just talking about. But wait, should I go back and repent for calling you stupid earlier? Well, it says fool. No, it's only if it's Raka. Yeah, you, to- you didn't say okay. Raka. Okay, yeah. Yeah. all right, Raka. So it, I think when you, if you, if you read the tweet section uh, outside of the context of the the entire book, then then you know it's easy to say, um, uh, you know what, <laughs> you know what are you doing? Um, mm-hmm. And I think I think the point is to say, look, Jesus called people names. Uh, Jesus really walked people down verbally. He let them have it. Um, and, and the whole point was that he's actually judge. Uh, he, he has a unique place to sit, to be able to do those things. So, so he's, he's sitting there. He's not sitting where you and I are sitting where, uh, like he's you in were t- my heart. He's, <laughs> and you need to get that checked because that's, <laughs> um, <laughs> I was, I was thinking that's weird. It's like, well, yeah. part of the heart, because I'd like to find out where yeah. it, where's ventricle. the blockage. Left ventricle. Where's the Jesus blockage. Hashtag Jesus blockage for this podcast. My left ventricle. <laughs> if you have a bypass, suddenly you're in purgatory. Um, you know, I, I think I think that that's part of the thing. You, you know, where where obviously I did the tweets because um, I think it's a little easier to swallow some of the things that he said because I think I'm funny. Um, but two, <laughs> it's it's also germane to how people have hijacked Jesus in terms of um, how Twitter is used uh, and especially in our political leadership. So uh, mm. it's a way to kind of uh, poke, poke at those things um, and try to make the pill go down a little easier. Man. So, <laughs> Oh, you saw another tweet. No, either way. So how many tweets are in there? 15, uh, 21, 20, I think 21. Yeah. yeah. They're man, all, we should have had provoke. some. We should have had some Elon Musk and Donald Trump tweets to go along with these tweets. Oh man, <laughs> Donald Trump. So uh, speaking of Trump, uh, but not. Wait, really? Not really. More, more generally. Can yeah. we get to another? Oh, okay, tweet? do another tweet, Scott. Yeah, do another go tweet. ahead. All right, another tweet. This is this is Jesus tweeting. Yeah. You you can't sit on the fence. Hashtag pick a side, people. And this is from Matthew twenty or Matthew twelve thirty. That was really convicting for me, if I'm honest. <laughs> whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Mm-hmm. Really, though, and this is you writing your yeah. commentary, I mean, is it possible to do both? Can you, can you both be for Jesus and against Jesus? 
I think is what you're saying there. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the sarcasm is, is thick on the ground. I hope that it's thick on the ground when I, when you read that kind of thing, (laughs) you know, because I, I do think that that's how people try to sit, you know, um, I can take Jesus over here, but I don't want to take Jesus over here. Uh, if you guys, if, if, I I think I remember one or two of you were pastors, or one of one of you guys have been in ministry. No, well, Scott, he's uh, Jeff is an overseer, and okay. Scott does a little bit of worship. Okay, so so um, if somebody's come to you with a question, um, you know, my first pastoral phone call ever, literally ever. I get a phone call says, pastor, I need your help. Um, my husband wants to have a three way and I'm not sure what to tell him. Mm. I didn't know telephone calls could still be done that way. (laughs) (laughs) So telephone call she was talking about now. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Delete. Delete. (laughs) Well, so I think, I think there are that, that, that question can be taken a couple of, of different ways and you could, you're thinking, okay, well, what's the husband's problem? That's that he wants to have a three-way, or you go and that, which it's, and it's not it's not either or. It could be and or. Are you writing the fence? Um, or <laughs> and or. Okay, why is she not sure what decision to make? Right, <laughs> right. It's like, so so honestly, it. that was part of the that wow. was part of the challenge. You know, was um, you, you know, when you're a pastor, obviously, you know, you, you're pressed in and people. People are sharing stuff with you and, and, and you, you know, it's like, whoa, um, do you, obviously, do you think such little of yourself that, Mm. that that would be okay? You know? Um, and so that bell rang. Um, I think the way I said, I think I said something to the effect of, I think it's pretty clear that that destabilizes relationships. (laughs) I I, I wasn't, I was just kind of taken aback, like, whoa, man, you know, but but you know it was evidence of 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 bigger issues and i and i think i think that people want to you know be able to say well maybe like i go to church but i live my own life um and and um yeah jesus will get me into heaven but for now it's all about me mm. um and i just really don't see that in the scriptures ever um what i see is people who have given everything uh, and just said, okay. Um, and I think that that lukewarmness is the thing that Jesus was kind of getting at. Um, and then, you know, obviously I'm using the reference from revelation. Um, but, but that that's what he's trying to address where it's like, Hey, you can't, you can't be, you can't be with me and then say you're against me. I mean, it's one or the other. Yeah. And and that could be where like, if, if, if you were, now you said that that was the first pastoral call you got, you received. So I'm, I'm assuming that you weren't with ministry. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that <laughs> um, now it could have been a good thing for from your perspective that you had not been uh, maybe a pastor at that congregation for any you know significant period of time. Right. Um, but when you if you if they had been attending that congregation and listening to the pastor every Sunday, well, okay, what were the messages like? Were there messages talking about uh, fidelity to your to to your your husband or your wife? And and either they they it wasn't taught you know holiness and, and sanctification and uh, living a godly life that either wasn't taught or they weren't paying attention or there's a mil- there's a million things like her background where they were sure. in their relationship she's she sees problems with their relationship she doesn't she wants to please her husband 
Yep. It's super complicated. Absolutely. It, and then you can add in theology, depending on his theology, if he's misappropriating a complementarian view right. where, where the husband's the head of the household, um, it, it just gets, it's so sticky and there's a million yeah. different things. Misappropriating yeah. Scott. I didn't say complementarianism huh. leads to three ways. But yeah, I was I, just, I was just, <laughs> it would just be interesting that, yeah. When I, I guess that's true that some people could or do, um, they'll they'll emphasize one aspect and look and, at the Southern and Baptist ne- Convention and ne- recent step down of the leadership and it definitely applies. It can be misappropriated for sure. I have no idea what that means, but okay. or what that's referring to, but um, I think that's part of yeah. the gospel problem that we have, though, is that is that people have purchased something that isn't the gospel. Um, and then it has to do with Jesus died for me and then I get to go to heaven and that's it. And it's not about the lordship of Jesus and it's not about the fact that he took on hell, sin and death. And it's not about the fact that I am now get to participate with him in his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven or, or that I am somehow caught up in this wave of grace and mercy and, and that I get to learn what it means to be a part of this family. It's all about kind of a moralism of, well, now you should and you shouldn't and this and that. And that, for me, um, man, I have seen that over 20 years of ministry for sure. Um, and that's that's grievous. In preparation for this uh, podcast tonight, I, I was listening to another podcast that you were on, really wanting to think about, you know, the conversations that you have, but then we always get done with these conversations with people, and I'm like, oh, I wish I had. Should you I can name that? the yeah. podcast too if you want to give them a look. Anyway, nope. the, okay. <laughs> just, I'd like to know which one it was. I, I think it was not not your mama's Christian oh, podcast. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, it just got me thinking about like the the problems that we have in as you called it, like North American uh, culture beliefs. Um, but the idea of like there's a no judgment Jesus, mm-hmm. like Jesus doesn't condemn, so I'm not going to condemn. And the other was like a fix it guy, like Jesus will heal and comfort all my ills and all my challenges and obstacles and everything. And but the problem, the the pro the danger in that is that people just spin, they just spin what Jesus is doing in their life, and then it just becomes blasé. It's like you're actually sitting on the fence, I think, to go back to one of the tweets. You're not really convicted in your belief, right? So I'm, I'm curious. What do you, what do you, do you see that, or did you think about that a lot when you wrote this book about, yeah, about Jesus being the fix it all? You know, Jesus will just fix everything. That's the purpose of Jesus. You know, I didn't include that in the types of Jesus in the beginning of the book, right. uh, but I definitely think that that is one another version. I mean, I could do a 2.0 on this sure. book with, with a different, you know, because obviously I've had different feedback about how people think about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, where people think he's just a giant self-helper, um, and, and so he's there to fix everything in my life from from the from the parking spot to the fact that I burnt my tongue on my coffee. Um, and, and, and that's that whole, you know, like I'm living my best life kind of idea where I, I just, I, I keep thinking like, well, what, what is going to happen to you when, and then fill in the blank, you know, because if, if that's your version of Jesus and the cancer diagnosis comes along, 
then you're you're gonna you're gonna run into some really challenging uh, thoughts about you're not good enough, and that's why he did this. Or you, you know you can you can kind of pick how people are gonna frame frame that uh, thing up. And there there's been things in my life where where um, you, you know there were times where that's how I thought about Jesus for sure. I mean I thought he was there to kind of make sure everything goes right. Mm-hmm. And, and going right is according to me, obviously. It's not according to what his plan is. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, it's just, he's kind of here to help me with my life. And 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 it, it really betrays, I mean, I, I again, I come back to this. Um, I, I go to Galatians 2.20, you know, and I say, okay, Paul said, um, you know, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I live, I live in the body. I live by the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So this life is not my own. That God came, blew his life into me, animated this clay man, and it's his life in me by virtue of his Holy Spirit. So I get, it's not my life. I I was purchased. Um, you, you know, so I don't look at it like, I get to tell God about what my life is supposed to be like. I'm like, well, you know what? Honestly, you, this is yours. Um, so thy will be done, uh, as hard as that is to say. Uh, and that frame of reference isn't how we talk about the gospel. And it certainly isn't how we talk about the gospel with people who don't know Jesus. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's <laughs> not a realistic model where hey, Guess what? You know, come and die. Call it good. You know. <laughs> yeah. It, um. In, in all the all the warnings, or I guess uh, encouragements, uh, if you can call them that, where it says if you endure till the end, mm. <laughs> you will be saved. Um. And then and then in Second Timothy three twelve, Paul says, "Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted." Yeah. It's like, okay, well, is that the cross that you're agreeing to? bear when right. when when you uh when you agree that Jesus is your lord it's uh that's tough man well and if you couch that in the first century i don't know if you guys are familiar with nt right uh, yes right fan so so um me okay so so his, his first century judaism <laughs> He's just guy yeah his uh his first century judaism i think is 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 i, I don't think there's anybody who's doing it better right now um, and what I think he does rightly is to couch, um, what it would have meant for people to say, Jesus is Lord. Mm. Um, and that was a guarantee, like you are saying that Caesar isn't. And so now you are pissing Rome off. And, and, and actually that was part of the thing where, where Jesus was an equal opportunity offender. He, he pissed everybody off because he refused to be put in their categories. And, and so if you said yes to him, if you said, I am one of his followers, you were signing up to die. And that was that. Um, and now, you know, you're signing up for a minivan and uh, Bible studies or something. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't even know what, what we think we're buying into, but it's, it's certainly not what it was in the first century. Freedom. Man. Maybe so, right? Maybe, I hope so. You know, yeah, like a, a sh- unshackling of chains of shame and guilt and all, all of those things. I, I shouldn't say, yeah, I shouldn't say I hope so. It it feels like freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Compared to what it was before I was a believer. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. 
It feels like a bug kill. Did I? Did I? Did I? Uh, no. <laughs> totally ruined. Yeah, it. totally, Bob. That also, was awful. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Bob. Also, a lot of those passages people would say were talking directly applicable to the future Rome sacking of Jerusalem, and right. and there's there's a lot there. Um, yeah. uh, but I know we're we're kind of wrapping up. Man, there's so much more. I have I have notes. <laughs> you you have an Amy Grant quote in your book. I love Amy Grant. <laughs> <laughs> that was my question. Do you actually love Amy Grant, or was that put there? So Amy Grant played a critical role in my um, in my kind of returning to Christ. Um, okay, wow. Yeah, I can't believe uh, I you know because. I'm probably more of a of a of a metal guy, yeah. like that. But <laughs> but uh, I I tell you what, her um, I don't remember the album, um, but some of her early work um, resonated deeply with me in terms of having to come to terms with what it was that that God was offering. Um, and the, and then she had an album called Lead Me On, I think was was that, um, and uh, and some of the stuff on that album were, was really helpful. Um, I'm a huge Rich Mullins fan. Uh, I still listen to him uh, often, and so uh, you, you know that that um, kind of genre and time frame of Christian music meant meant a lot to me because it was something I had just discovered, and there were people out there who were trying to live, or at least you know I believe they were trying to live the way that I was trying to live. I was really grateful for it. So, so yeah, I. <laughs> Yeah, another kind of love is a fun song. <laughs> I still yeah. listen. Yeah, unashamed, unashamed. I love it. That's so yeah. good. Now you do jujitsu. You practice jujitsu. Yeah. What belt are you? <laughs> so, so uh, I'm blue. Um, and the funny thing about jujitsu is, um, uh, it's about how long you're in it, not what belt you are necessarily. Mm. Okay. It's it's different than other martial arts. Um, I'm, I'm going to say this and I'm probably going to get in trouble with people that I know and I love, but in other systems, um, you know, they will belt test about every six months. Um, and you can kind of pay your money and do your belt test and then get the belt. Oh, so you're, you're getting in trouble for that. So you're one. saying like stupid systems like karate. Um, I'm other... not karate systems stupid. What I am saying is that maybe their belt systems are not always accurate. So if you have a 10 year old who's a black belt, um, and you have a black belt in jujitsu, the black belt in jujitsu would have had to have put in at least 10 years. So they um, would have started before yeah. they were in the womb. Well, I'm not saying what I'm saying is you can't have yeah. a 10 year black. Um, so oh. in a, as a grappling person, um, so I studied Taekwondo for six years. Um, so I, I'm trying to speak from experience. Um, the grappling arts are just categorically different. Um, judo, judo is different, but jujitsu is very different. So I've been doing it for three, um, you know, it's coming out three and a half years, uh, and I achieved a blue belt and, um, it's kind of like, Oh, you're just a blue belt. And I think, um, you're correct. There is an awfully long road ahead of me. Um, but, um, in terms of what I am aware of and what I'm capable of, um, I'm three years down the road on somebody who's never done it. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a huge, uh, it's a, it's, it's a huge, uh, difference. Yeah. So the, the first day somebody walks in and has a white belt, um, they're, um, you, you know, it's not intuitive being on the ground. If you're a wrestler, then, then you have some idea about what to do. Uh, but people who, I mean, it's, it's like, 
it's like not knowing how to swim and getting thrown into the pool. Um, mm. that's, that's what jujitsu is like. You, you, you know, it takes a long time to learn. Um, and it's, it's, it's super fun. I just, <laughs> I love it to death. I, I, it hurts all the time. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's honestly, it's so humbling when, you know, a 125 pound gal chokes you out in a humiliating fashion. Uh, is she single? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even get a chance to ask. You know, but, uh, I, I really, uh, I really love the, the grappling arts for what they produce. Um, and, and humility is, is I think one of the most important things because there's always somebody bigger and stronger and better. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, what's his name? Uh, Sounds like a little bit about Conor. Con- yeah, McGregor, Conor man. Oh, McGregor! That guy, he just he that guy just got on top of him and he couldn't do anything. That's and it, ah, that was that's right. Well, McGregor's McGregor's uh, McGregor's ground game is not where it needs to be if you're going to go nope. up against Khabib. Just yeah, Khabib. That, yeah. that that was a, that was written in the stars when it was like, well, unless he catches him on the chin. Uh, he's going to get taken down and mauled, and that's what that guy did. <laughs> just, and just, mauled, just mauled him. So, and then it turned into the fight of the century oh, with man. climbing over the fence. <laughs> that was great, that was man. That, that, ah. that reminded me of like old Tyson fighting the <laughs> '90s, you know, where the crowd is going crazy and people are throwing uh, aiming. Man, I was I was so grieved to see that. I just I, I you know, ah, I, I was smiling. So much, ah. Oh my gosh! So, oh, so much. <laughs> One of the things, uh, like in the book that I talk about, I have a chapter on othering, um, and, and I talk about how we objectify people. Yeah. Um, and for me, when I see, you know, brawls break out, uh, at a sporting event or I see something like that, I'm like, you know, um, we can't make objects out of other people. This is just not what it is that we're supposed to be doing. Um, and especially when I see Christians caught up in that, um, whether it be kind of the name calling or the, the putting people in boxes, I just, I just, that, I mean, that's what the whole part of the book is to say, um, we have a sacred role that God said, I want my people to be this way. I want you to live under my grace and mercy so that people will see who I am. Uh, and unfortunately Christians have so co-opted the culture that there's, there's not a lot of difference. And then we, you know, Trump, yay, or, you know, Trump, you know, he's the devil or, you know, and it's like, we can make comments about those things, but to get caught up in them to the degree that we objectify other people, um, I just get really uncomfortable and breaks it. Honestly, it breaks my heart. So when I see that, I mean, there was a brawl after a football game this weekend, uh, LSU and A&M, um, seven overtimes, you know, and then a fight breaks out. And I just think, you know, guys, um, this is a game. This is a sport. What are we doing? You know, mm-hmm. this doesn't make sense. And the buildup to the McGregor, uh, Khabib issue was just hideous. You know, you don't, you don't get to call people names. You don't get to do those things without inciting something else in them. And I see us doing that as a culture just kind of broadly. And I, and I just go, um, we, we are, we, we are, we need to back away from the edge. Um, cause this isn't helpful. So that's part of the role. I mean, I honestly, I'm hopeful that as a Christian, I could somehow, some way allow God to love me so much that, that, that I could love other people that way, you know, like I, I'm, I'm actually hopeful for that so that, so that when I think about the forgiveness that God has for me, that I would actually forgive the 77, 
uh, times. And as challenging as that is, I think that's the path forward. Um, and I do think that it does require our death. I think, I think that if we did sign up for this thing and we something less than that, then, then we're in for a rude, uh, awakening. But that, but for me, that's worth it. You know, like I think, okay, if I spend my days, uh, actually trying to do what I believe that God would have me do in terms of learning what it means to be his, um, and then, and then, you know, out of that, I can't help but love other people. Uh, that's a win. Um, and, and I hope that in some fashion that, that my life would reflect that, you know, that it, that it would somehow point, point back to how good and right. uh, gracious God is, you know, mm-hmm. um, because I see our, where our culture is and I see what it's doing and I see what Christianity does. And I, you know, I say, you know, I want to hold up a flag and say, wait, 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 you know, can we not forget about this? You know, and, mm. and not the Republican or the Democratic flag. You know, yeah. I, I don't know if you, I don't know if you guys saw this the other day. I was in St. Louis, um, had an opportunity to speak at my, uh, my friend's church, uh, Harmony uh, United Methodist in St. Louis, uh, Nate Hopping. And when I was there, they, the, it was the craziest thing. I was driving down the interstate and they had on a billboard uh, and it only lasted for two days. You guys might've seen this in the news, but it had a picture of Trump and it said, um, and the word became flesh. Yes. I saw that. I mean, I literally drove by that sign and I was like, so it wasn't I was, Photoshopped. I saw it on Twitter. No, no, I actually have the, I have the picture of it like right here in my phone. Yeah. I, physically saw it. Like I, I was like, no way. And we were actually going to go and, um, and, uh, and stand under it and, and, uh, and have comments about it. Um, I don't know if you can Wait, oh, over, leave it right yeah. there. I'm going to take a pic, a picture. Yeah. That is in so the upper right corner. It says, weird. make the gospel great again, make the gospel great again. And, and I was like, wait, 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 wait. You know, and and then of course, you know, I'm like, well, who did that? You know, the left is trying to make the right, or the right, blah blah blah. And I'm like, my first thought was troll. Like, it's I, nobody actually. I mean, yes, some people believe that, but not nobody really believes that. I pray, I pray that that's true, right? right. But so right away, his his phone rang. Uh, the Daily Mail from the UK called him, you know, and said, "Hey, have you seen this? You know, what do you think of this?" So they, you know, he did an interview right away I didn't because. Know that. Yeah, it was happening. Like when I was like, "Whoa!" and I posted it on my uh, Facebook page, you know, and people, you know, it was just kind of like, "What's going on?" And I, but I, I think that's indicative of the thing, right? Whether it's a troll, whether it's real, I, I think, what, what are we doing? Yeah. And, and as Christians, you know, can can we allow our heart to break, um, and and just go wait. Um, how can I orient to people who are out there who are full of fear, man? I mean, there's so much fear. Um, there's so much pain. Um, can, can I, can I somehow say yes to Jesus enough to, to, to make him viable in the midst of that kind of activity? I, you know, um, you know, I, I pray that that's the case and I pray, I pray that the church, um, would, would have the, have the ability to, to, you know, not get caught up in the fear and all of the, the yeah. weirdness, you know, but say, we got a job to do and we're not doing it. Um, I, I think I put in my, um, in the book, I said, Hey, look, you know, we, we've been way too concerned with being right and, and not concerned with being beautiful. 
Um, and, and so we've been trying to win arguments that people aren't having and looking really ugly, uh, doing it. And, and we can't, I just don't think that's one, it's, it's not our job. And two, um, we, we kind of got to orient differently to this stuff. That is such a good closer, except I got to know who you would roll with. What Bible figure would you roll with jujitsu style and why? Jacob, Jacob, for sure. And I, I wish my name was Jacob because somebody <laughs> recently posted, you know, they, they said, uh, how, how do you, what do you do when, you know, when, when something that God wants you to do and you don't really, and I'm like, I just, I put, I put wrestle, limp, repeat. <laughs> 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 because I just go, man, I just, I'm not, I, I'm so disobedient. I mean, I'm just so disobedient and I want, I want to be, and I, I resonate with the, the passage in Mark, you know, it's, Hey, say that again. Not you don't you don't want to be disobedient. Correct. Right. Yeah, okay. that makes just, it sound yeah. like I did. Yeah. <laughs> we'll clip <laughs> it and find <laughs> out. The <laughs> court reporter will read it back. <laughs> so I, you know, when it says uh, "I believe, help my unbelief," I mean that is so me. You know, yeah. I think I, I, I'm not good at this, Lord. I want to be better at this. Um, but yeah, I would wrestle with Jacob and find out what that limp is all about. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. Now, okay, now if Jesus was going to practice some sort of martial art, what would it be? I don't know of any Jewish martial arts other than Krav Maga, so I'll say that one. Oh, okay. Man, you'd rip your th- <laughs> is that the one where they rip your th- your throat out through the that front of your neck? Most, honestly, when it comes to self-defense, that is the best system, bar none. Um, bar. Yeah. <laughs> bar. Wait, you can't be the son of a nun, though. Come on. <laughs> son of nun. <laughs> Wait a second. Oh, that's some good son Jewish humor in there. All right. <laughs> you guys. I will give us give us uh, the, the details on how people can connect with you, social media, and all that stuff. Sure. Thanks. Um, so I have a website, you know, bobfaby.com. Um, you you know you can go there. You can find the book there. Uh, that kind of stuff. Um, I actually, you know, there's a question that people ask, um, are you a writer who speaks or are you a speaker who writes? Um, I'm definitely a speaker who writes. I don't think I'm a gifted writer. Um, um, and, and that doesn't mean that I don't write or that I don't blog, but so on my web or that the book a, is not enjoyable. I hope that it's enjoyable. Right. He's a gifted writer. People get the book. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm not a good salesman. That's no, you're not. <laughs> Bob Faby. That's F A B E Y dot com. No, it's Fabe. <laughs> it's dot F R dot France. Yeah. So so yeah. So there's a place where you can request me to speak, uh, which is something that I've been doing. Uh, that's been a lot of fun. Um, obviously, um, you know, my blog is there. My podcast is called the Third Space Podcast. Nice. Um, that's there. Uh, you can check that out. Um, and then, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, uh, probably not as active on uh, Twitter as I need to be, but it's, it's no, you're it's, smarter than, than me. Well, <laughs> even though I wrote, I wrote about it, it's pretty tough to stomach. So I try yeah. to, all right. La- last question real quick. Yeah. You said, yeah. you said there could be a, a 2.0 to this book. Yeah, absolutely. And so this one you did tweets. So the next yeah. one, are you going to do Instagrams? Like what Jesus would Instagram? <laughs> I could do that. I should, you know, actually, you know, that's hilarious. <laughs> I, had a, I know a guy who's a, he's a friend from high school. He went to the Holy Land and he actually took my book. And he took pictures of the book in Jordan and all that kind of stuff. He gets gets baptized and he holds it up. That's right. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Uh. Yeah. 
No, I think, uh, you know, I, obviously there, there are way more ways of looking at Jesus than I covered in the book that it would be probably helpful to collect, uh, some of those, like you said, a, a fix it Jesus. Um, but if a 2.0, uh, kind of idea came out, it would have to do with the, the othering piece and, mm-hmm. um, what it means to treat people with dignity, um, and, and how, how maybe that's a path forward for us in some way. So, Amen. Yeah. Bob, thank you so much. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, happy to have uh, have the time to do this with you guys. Yeah. I'm grateful. Yeah, totally. Thank Blues, you. Bibles, and beer, creating sacred space. I really enjoyed that conversation. That was good. That was good. Yeah, it's good. good. Thanks, Bob. I enjoy what Bob Fabe has to offer. Faby. Faby? Bob Faby? Man, I wanted to add, did, like, his whole... Sound like his... the mic. Sound like his whole... Like, he was involved in a congregation in Montana, and the whole congregation... Moved to Arizona. It never sounded like that to me. Oh, okay. He went to Arizona, and that congregation fell apart. Jeff, oh. were you saying? Are you okay. saying Scott wasn't listening? Yeah, Jeff. What exactly are you saying, saying, Jeff? I, I mean, I Jeff. Mean, I don't mean. Pretend I'm your wife. <laughs> and no, I, I just, I keep running into that train wreck. <laughs> whoa, whoa! Uh, you're. Talking about analogies here no, or your I actual tell, where wife? I tell, where I tell my wife, you're wrong. And it's really not about right and wrong. I'm like, gosh darn it, in a man's world, you're right. there's right and wrong, and I'm right. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're saying I'm emotional. Wow. and I don't know. Mm, okay. No, I think Jeff is crying out for help for his relationship <laughs> right now. not a bad on my <laughs> relationship with my wife. I'm just You mean saying that train wreck I, of I a running, relationship I, there? I constantly run into that um, over the years. Like, it was in the past. <laughs> and including right now, you're going through a season of extra of that? No. no. No? But you just... I don't know. It sounded like it. Well, no, it's I just a know. good... It's a. It's an example of where you tell someone that they're, well, you just question. Like he, you said, oh, okay, I'm going to be your wife here for a second. Uh, like, so I'm going to tell, I'm going to show you how you're wrong. <laughs> That's not good. So I'm going to stop there. But you are a man. So here's but what how if you were wrong, wrong <laughs> Jeff? Oh, let's not talk about that. We can't. No, but Jeff's led. I can't mention Jeff's that. Jeff's led by the spirit. It'd yeah. be stuff. It'd be stuff like, well, what car was that that just pulled into that that driveway and then went into the garage? Be like, it was this car, and then some. Someone says, no. You mean it was someone that sitting car. next to you in the passenger like, seat? No, it was it was that car. I mean, kids, was, kids it was that car. They're like, yeah, that, it was that car, Dad. Mom's hey, got bad eyes. Hey, Is wife, that, yeah. what color was that dress? Was yeah. it white? What was the other color? Blue, that was, that was blue, blue or blue pink? and black. And oh right! Hey, w- hey, wife, was that Laurel or Yanni? Which well, that was wife? Yanni. Yanni, isn't he like the flute playing singer or something? <laughs> yes. Um, but see, but things like singer. things like okay. that don't really matter. Like what car? No, it in doesn't. The garage, it right? doesn't. It doesn't. But those are things that you might argue about. Right. And I've really laid, yeah. I've those are kind of stand-ins for actual arguments. I've laid, yeah. I've, yeah, it's just practice. If I can encourage the married folk out there, and I'm oh, not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to look at Jeff here. Such a rocker. What I've learned, um, <laughs> what I've learned over the years. <laughs> Is that you gotta? You Would know, you stop with that? Wait, you gotta pick voice? your. You gotta pick your battles. What you've learned over the last 38, 38? <laughs> yeah, 38 we don't. We don't need to be precise. Being, in, being single, age is, age is more subjective. Not really making an attempt you can really, to engage in a relationship with the opposite sex or the same sex. I'm not going to judge you, although you would judge you. 
Actually, you do judge you. Keep No, keep going. This is good. This is probably better than what I was going to say. No, it's not. <laughs> Go ahead. Give me advice. And Jeff? I would just say, you know, pick your battles. The things like, things that are subjective. Uh-huh. Identify those things pretty quick oh. in the argument. And, and then pummel the spouse with <laughs> the, the thing, objective truth with the objective Shut up, story Scott. of your manhood the the objective truths that, that you would you would because those are the ones where you're not going to if you're going to annoy her yeah. I know you're on the thing. Annoy her on the things that matter, not on things that don't matter. Yeah. Oh, I actually told my wife Why are you single? You, I don't understand. Oh, hey, it. Scott. I, don't get it. I actually I I pulled the I said in the Bible and, and my wife said, "Don't use the Bible against me." Amen, Tanya. <laughs> so Good job, like, Tanya. I was like, wait a second. It wasn't really. Oh, now I'm gonna. Ne- that that's like when you back away. Like, well, I wasn't really, and she's. But what was your in the Bible? No, passive. I don't even know. Do I have to have a good anecdotal story to sound interesting? I, I I'm curious. <laughs> no, I'm curious as to default. what. Uh, I'm curious as to what Bible verse you're gonna use on her quote unquote. That's just stupid. It wasn't even. It was a verse, but I, I couldn't. Tell you, oh, there are only like have you ever 14,000 of those. Song of Solomon for inspiration in the bedroom. <laughs> Maybe that was it. I'm like, wait a second. You tell her about the length of her neck. <laughs> what What are other ones, Scott? I know you've studied Song of Solomon. I climbed her tree. I climbed her tree, I think. Did you grab a hold of that fruit? <laughs> I don't know why I made eye contact with Scott. I made eye contact with Scott. And you kind of, you kind of. You looked at me. I averted my eyes. You kind of wrapped it too. Did you grab a hold of that fruit? (laughs) Oh, by the way, in the middle of in the middle of the 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 talking, you you said uh, you went into McDonald voice. You did. You went into McDonald. In this conversation, you went straight McDonald with Bob. It was was probably about the fiftieth minute. I'm like, my gosh, do you mean Bob? Bob, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. Wait, what, what did I? What did I say? McDonald's? Yeah, it was like that. It was like this. I don't remember like that, that, but no, I do. I'm not even hungry. Tape. No, All right. well, it, it was just McDonald voice. Hey, let's um, let's wrap this up somehow. Good, good talk, guys. <laughs> hey, Here's what a bow. are what are our socials? Really? No, I don't hey, know. Hey, everybody, maybe. we're desperate. Hey, we we are on the internet. At right? Don't B, even. Don't B, even. Don't B, even. Stop. B, stop. Don't B, even stop. Don't B, even stop. Bpod.com. Ah, that's seven Bs. You said don't even stop. I'm a stickler for words. Words matter, Jeff. It's the one area that Scott and I agree. Words matter. Sometimes. Words, hey, so yes. Words do matter. Uh, five, give us a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. That'd be great. Scott will read it with his McDonald accent. Okay. I'm yeah. giving four out of five stars. Mm-hmm. Okay. On this episode particularly? Yeah. Yep. Four out of five. Hey, he said he listened to the podcast, and I believe him, Bob. He was, I, expecting, although, he was expecting a little bit of chaos at any moment to break out. I, I'm not quite sure he knew which of us was whom. We did not inter- introduce ourselves. Nope. At one point, I called you Zach, um, but I think Jeff... At one and, point, I called you Raka. Yeah, you called yeah. me Raka, and Jeff but and you my... you were looking at Jeff when you called me Zach. Yeah, so I might have thrown him off, and Jeff and my voice kind of s- might sound the same at Sometimes, because sometimes I get confused. I'm like, yeah. is that me that said that? So he he might. <laughs> and then sometimes those, I'm hoping those the demons as he's yeah. talking. Yeah, as he's talking, he's thinking, is this me that's saying this? <laughs> I don't even. Yeah, I don't even know. If, and then sometimes I'm like, I hope I didn't say that. I hope that was Jeff that said that. This but is the turns life, out to this be This is me. the life of a single man. Yeah.
How many times when you're sleeping in your truck? Oh, was that me? Oh, Who wait, touched me? <laughs> I think I farted and woke myself up because nobody else could have, or maybe it could have. Uh, My, I'm like, hey, baby, wait, wait, what? No. <laughs> Right, no that way. wasn't funny. None of it was funny. I delete myself out of that conversation. Yeah. Would you edit that out? I'll edit you out of that. So what did you guys <laughs> talk about last podcast? I wasn't I wasn't there. Okay. Thanks. You, Grace peace cheers, Scott. Grace peace right. well, cheers. Good to see you guys. <laughs> Thanks for inviting me.